War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. You are listening to The John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start right now at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is Wednesday. It is October 5th. Now, a couple of things to, um, that you want to be watching for. One is the fact that we have some new polls that are going to be coming out. Channel 12 has a new poll out. Need to get a sense of where things are with the race for governor. We're hearing a couple things about Governor McKee. Number one, he's in the lead in the race for governor. But it's, it's not a lot, and he's not over 50%. There is undecideds, and where Governor McKee really is hurt is, in fact, with undecided female voters. Governor McKee, the group that he's really lacking with is female voters that uh, remain undecided on Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. So Ashley Kalis, it's not going to be great, but I hear that it's not terrible. Her numbers are not terrible. There's There's a path to victory for Republican Ashley Kalis. Now, Governor McKee, obviously wants to try to close that gap, and the first debate is now less than a week away. So there's a lot of pressure. It's She's never debated. I don't think she's ever debated before, and so it would be really extraordinary. She could turn in the best debate of her life, and just how good is it going to be, right? It's your first debate. So uh, Governor McKee feels that if he could just kind of stay the course a little bit, that they're going to be in good shape. And then they can close this thing out. But it's not there yet. And it's he has not closed the gap completely. So, again, we're here and we'll get a better indica- indication. And then the Boston Globe is coming out with a, globe, uh, a poll next week. So, But we'd really like to see uh, some of his polling numbers after the debate. So Ashley Kalis, right now, she has a window of opportunity here to close the gap. But the window is closing she needs to have something happen in the next 21 days in order to really get this momentum. Now, where do things stand? Also, by the way, folks, um, on this Wednesday, I did go to uh, City Hall last night. I saw uh, Lisa, uh, Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt. I'm not sure what to make of uh, this business. I, I mean, I do understand it. By the way, I also want to say hello to Paul Jacobs and Lorraine. What an impressive operation they have with the camera operation and the video and everything. It's actually uh, very well done of how they put that together. Uh, the election is coming up next month. I, I'm not, I mean, this seems to be a lot of time and effort to try to remove the mayor for who's running unopposed. So I, I don't, I, I, I just wonder, you know, what, what's the long-term plan here and goal I know they're going to go through the process. They're going to go through it again tonight. but And maybe for those that oppose the mayor, they're going to feel it's a win. But you, you have to – I think you have to look a little bit at the long term of just what does this do to people's trust in government, which is, is shaky to begin with. But um, So the proceedings will continue. I was there for a little while, and then there's some other news that was breaking that I then went out to cover. Now, this story with Congressman Jim Langevin – and Seth Magaziner, and how that plays into the CD2 race. Don't look now. Alan Fung, Mayor Fung, is running very effective campaign. Now, we're going to see some polling numbers coming out on that as well. But by all accounts, if you're the Fung campaign, this is going to be a close election. This is not going to be a blowout by any means. Either way, if Mayor Fung wins, it's going to be single digits. In fact, it's whoever wins this race, the CD2 race, Seth Magaziner, against former general treasurer magazine or against former mayor alan fung i i this is going to be in the vicinity of like a four to five point race winnable though and if you're the fung people you are feeling pretty good right now he's going to do fine he's going to do fine i believe in the debates and and uh and right now there's a lot of opposition against um for the current congressman, Jim Landrin. But I want to just see, so Channel 12, they're going to come up with their new poll. It's tomorrow night. Uh, Roger Williams University, Channel 12, latest poll with the key races like Rhode Island governor and that CD2 race, and also whether or not people feel the state's moving in the right direction. Now, that is kind of a referendum 
on Governor McKee. And I think most people I talk to do not think the state is heading in the right direction. So, but I want to play this Channel 12 piece. Republicans slam magazine or silence. Seth Magazine is trying to ban and running ads about uh, those in Congress trading stocks. And the worst offender is the person that gave him the endorsement, Congressman Jim Langevin. This is the piece that aired on Channel 12. I think it's, it's very effective. Major attention since it was released last night. That's right. We're joined live at four by Target 12 investigator Ted Nisi. Ted, this report was spurred by a growing number of calls for a ban on stock trading by members of Congress. Yeah, Kayla, Kim, we decided Target 12 to look into hundreds of pages of financial disclosures that have been filed by all four members of Rhode Island's delegation. And the one who stood out was Congressman Jim Langevin, who's retiring this year after 11 terms on Capitol Hill. Target 12's analysis shows that in just the first eight months of this year, Langevin traded shares in major companies 89 times. He reported purchases and sales totaling at least $1 million and possibly much more since lawmakers are not required to disclose exact amounts. Target 12 also found that Langevin regularly pays, places bets on the short-term price moves of major tech companies, even though he's chairman of a committee on cybersecurity, and that's a red flag for ethics watchdogs. And Ted, no surprise here, but this story has become major fodder in the race to replace Langevin in the state's second congressional district. Yeah, Kim, uh, Seth Magaziner, who's the Democratic nominee in the second district, has been endorsed by Langevin. He's currently airing a TV ad that says it should be illegal for members of Congress to trade stocks, yet Magaziner has not been willing to criticize Langevin for his behavior as a fellow Democrat. That led the National Republican Congressional Committee to release a statement today saying, quote, if Seth Magaziner Zener is serious about a stock trading ban. He'll condemn Jim Langevin's egregious abuse of the system and reject his endorsement. Now, of course, it's not just Magaziner who is declining uh, to criticize Langevin. Republican Alan Fung, his opponent, also isn't criticizing the incumbent over the stock trades. Now, Langevin and Fung are friends, even though they're in different parties, and Langevin has said he's personally fond of Fung, even though he's supporting Magaziner. But Fung's campaign argues Magaziner's the one who should be speaking out since he's the one airing TV ads right now about stock trading. All right, certainly a story will continue to track. And speaking of the second district race, Ted, we are only about 48 hours away from getting a fresh look at who is leading that race. Yes, I love to have this news to share. We are going to have a brand new Roger Williams University uh, WPRI 12 poll, ACR pollster Joe Fleming. He just finished taking the pulse of Rhode Island voters for our new poll, testing who's in the lead for the second congressional district as well as in the race for governor. Tim and I will have those exclusive poll results starting Thursday night at 5 on 12 News. Certainly looking forward to that. And we know everyone who cares about Rhode Island politics also can't wait to see what that poll found out. Target 12 investigator and 12 News politics editor Ted Nisi, thanks for being here. Now, what's also um, interesting, folks, is now keep in mind, first, they're going to debate on Channel 12. Channel 12 gubernatorial debate is next Tuesday night. And then the week after that is the CD2 debate. Now, Mayor Fung, he's he's debated before. He's debated Gina Raimondo. He also, you know, if you remember 2018, he had Joe Trillo in there that was attacking him while he was trying to debate Raimondo. And then uh, in, in, in 2014, obviously, he also. So he's experienced. He's not going to get rolled over. The Fung campaign right now, I think they're in a very good position. But I want to come back on this. I'll tell you, Langevin, Congressman Langevin, folks, he totally feels entitled. And he gets a free pass. Let's call it what it is. The guy gets a free pass because he's a paraplegic in a wheelchair. But as I, I have a story that I'm going to recirculate and republish on DePetro.com, there were questions that one of the reasons that he, in fact, that he was leaving Congress is he was under investigation. And there's definitely a sense of entitlement, though, with Congressman Landrin, because some people may not realize, but he wants to be named president of Rhode Island College. And one of the criteria to be president of Rhode Island College is you're supposed to have a, a PhD. He doesn't have one. And his attitude was, well, just, you know, so what? I want it. So what? I don't have the PhD. So make me president of Rhode Island College. I'm leaving. He initially also was going to run for governor this time around. Uh, he said that a couple of years ago uh, when there was talk that maybe the congressional seat was going to go away. But this is, he is a huge offender with all this stock trading. I'm hearing that there's an investigation into Langevin. And I think they're going to wait till he gets out of office. But he definitely has just unmitigated gall 
and definitely a sense of entitlement where he the langevin right now and this happens to them it doesn't matter that he's in a wheelchair his attitude is he's been there you know for 22 years he can do what he he can do what he wants and can get away with it but this is a problem with this stock trading things i believe are breaking for mayor fung all right it's wednesday we have dan mcgowan of the boston globe is going to join us and then also we're going to have an update on what's going on at the border folks much more ahead and hello to everyone again i saw last night i saw the chief of police last night saw uh, officer uh, ed dora and a lot more and also the mayor then you had also other mayors there mayor uh, lombardi from north providence was there to support uh mayor lisa baldelli hunt mayor hopkins of cranston was there and also the mayor of warwick was there so they were standing firm with their friend the uh, mayor of Woonsocket. it's john DePietro on this wednesday folks stay tuned we're going to come right back to Ann mcgowan of the boston globe propane plus in rhode island for all your propane needs call them 401 401- 885-4209 in massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 Folks, you are listening. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating, and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401 732 1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for wintertime. Call J Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401 732 1730 licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients needs no matter how big or how small whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving today affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing remember even asphalt can be recycled reused call them for a free quote letter j j perry paving look for them on facebook and call 401-732-1730 Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. To the John DePietro Show, weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9. You can always listen online at the website petro.com joining us right now he is a columnist for the boston globe mainly focusing on rhode island it is dan mcgowan and dan i want to start off i i wonder about what you have uh what we've learned about in roadmap where now these test scores they were released in massachusetts why do i get the feeling there's some reason they're purposely not going to be released until after the election well you get the feeling 
all I can say is there's a reason I wrote it, right? Uh, uh, the, the, certainly the state would never admit to not releasing test scores, you know, based on, um, you know, uh, the timing of an election. But, you know, the fact pattern is fairly clear, as you just mentioned. Massachusetts, which takes the same test, uh, released its test scores last week. Uh, last year, same exact test, the state released, uh, it, Rhode Island released its test results the final week of October. So that would be, you know, a, a week or two before the election if the same thing happened. Uh, there's also previous precedent. I didn't put this in roadmap, but uh, I remember back in 2018, the state, uh, you know, with Governor Raimondo facing re-election against Alan Fung, they waited, I believe, until early December to release the test score. So, you know, there's certainly something uh, at least, you know, worth noting that, you know, for why this isn't happening. And remember, you know, this that's one of those opportunities. You and I have talked for the last couple of weeks about kind of the, you know, the seemingly growing momentum that Republican challenger Ashley Kalis, um, you know, has. At the very least, she's certainly a factor in this race. And... You know, as somebody who is really making education a focus in her race, I mean, look, she could benefit pretty greatly from a conversation a week or two or three out from the election where we actually know where students stand, you know, based on recent test scores, right? If, if, if they were to release the RICAS scores, let's say today, I mean, this would at least be a week of discussion about, absolutely, you know, not just Providence, yeah. but all over the state. Remember, you know, before the pandemic, where there was this whole movement, forget Providence, before the pandemic, there was an entire movement all across the state yep. about how, you know, how our, even our, our, our you know, so-called good districts, our urban, or our suburban districts weren't comparing, you know, all that favorably to the same districts in Massachusetts. So this would set off a conversation that I think uh, would be a real factor. I mean, it'd be a debate conversation. It would be lots of things. And instead, what you're going to get is, uh, you know, this is going to be held off until after the election. And, you know, it, it'll allow, it'll be a topic of conversation, but there's nothing we can really do, right? There's no, there's no leaking that can really happen unless somebody in the state wanted it to. Um, and, and so in some ways, the McKee administration, you know, has the opportunity to kind of benefit by the late timing of this release. Yeah. And Dan McGowan, I'd be willing to bet that when they are released, they're nothing to brag about and <laughs> nothing to celebrate that. If anything, there'd be a, there's a very good reason why uh, they're being delayed. And you're exactly right. You know, Raimondo, she that also was done then and Dave McGowan I think that's one of those things that it, it just it really discourages people about politics because it's all politics I mean if, if there was good news they would be releasing it before it's purposely delayed until after the election well great you just hit it on the head I got I mean if if we had let's pretend there was no pandemic and you know all the same kind of factors played out and you know, Rhode Island had this good story to tell. You know, you'd be on the year three or four of taking this same test, and boy, we're showing lots of progress. You can bet your bottom dollar that this these results would be out if they benefited the the you know the demo the Democrats in power here in Rhode Island. Uh, instead, you know, you'll you'll get a hold off and. You know, you'll get the kind of the outrage afterwards where everybody, you know, says this is a call to action and everybody's up in arms. But when the conversation actually could have mattered and when, you know, potentially people might have voted based on the issue, they, you know, were a little bit held in the dark. Hey, McGowan, stay with the uh, the race for governor. Uh, last week, I mean, maybe Ashley Kalis was almost like it was kind of built up a little bit and it all came piling out. But um, that that was last week. I mean, that was just fast and furious in the race for governor where she whether it was planned or not. But she was just the punches were swinging. And we just we haven't seen that kind of back and forth in, in the race for governor. How how um, how do you think they both are the, a week later? Well, I think we're both I think we're going to get some uh, we're actually going to get a, a, a sort of an infusion of information over the next couple of days. Um, I think, as you know, Channel 12 is going to pull coming out yep. uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night. 
Uh, I'll tell you this breaking news for you here. Uh, we'll have a poll also next week. Uh, Whoa. Uh, that, we'll, that we'll be releasing uh, results of both the governor's office, of the governor's race and the second congressional district. So you're going to get fast and furious two consecutive weeks of public polling. So we'll get a better sense then. I mean, look, my guess is I think Ashley Davis has done a really good job of kind of forcing herself into the picture, into the, you know, the, the conversation here. Um, you know, do I think she's in the lead? Absolutely not. I think Dan McKee will, will still be feeling pretty good about himself. But, you know, you asked the question, you know, where, where are they a week later? I think Dan McKee continues to be really bothered by uh, by Ashley Kalis. I think yeah. she, you know, I think she she does land punches. She, uh, you know, she again she continues to kind of show up everywhere, and I think it's really aggravating for him. Um, you know, you could start. You're starting to see. You know, for taking the listeners a little bit behind the scenes, I think you're starting to see a lot of coverage of, you know, what we like in the business call opposition research stories yep. against her. Uh, you know, what that means is all campaigns, they do research against their opponents right there. You know, did you pay your taxes? Did you, you know, all this stuff about, you know, where do you live? All that kind of stuff. And you're seeing kind of a lot of these issues being thrown at Ashley Kalish right now. I'll say to her credit, I think she's dodging them pretty well. You know, she, she, every time somebody, you know, she faces a little bit of criticism, uh, you know, she kind of pushes back and says, this is a distraction. Let's focus on the big issues. Now that's going to be up for voters to decide if they like that or if they, if they don't like it, but she is doing a good job of, you know, really kind of forcing, you know, if this was a mat, you know, a tennis match, she's, she's, you know, holding serve or she, she's able to volley it back to Dan McKee and focus on kind of some of the big issues happening here. So it's going to be really helpful to, I think, get uh, those polling results because I think it'll give us a better sense of, you know, how close this thing is. Dan McGowan, what do you think the undecided is on this race? I think it's still, I think it's going to be high. I think you're still going to see, um, you know, I'm not sure it's going to be like the primary where, you know, all summer nobody pays attention and, you know, you you get 20, 25% heading into the final couple of weeks. My guess is you're going to see, this is, I have no inside information and I have not seen, I think we're, the globe is just, you know, getting into the field now. So I have no inside knowledge of this. My guess is McKeel have somewhere in the range of a double digit lead, 10, 11 points, which would be good for Ashley Kalis, right? Again, she's just introducing herself to voters in a lot of ways. Uh, You still do have time to make a dent. I don't think I would be surprised to hear that McKee, you know, is, is somewhere above 50% in this poll. I think you're going to see, you know, somewhere maybe mid 40s to, to for, for McKee, somewhere mid to low 30s for, you know, Ashley Kalis. And that, what's that leave? 15% maybe of undecided voters who, who um, you know, who are still just have not kind of settled on whether or not they like Dan McKee. That's your opportunity if you're Ashley Kalis. Have you, before we take a break, have you, I've heard that his female numbers are not strong and that's what they're most concerned about. Now, what would make sense coming out of the primary because Helena folks obviously did very well and so did Nellie. Are you hearing the same thing that that's also one of the pushes why they, they think that the abortion issue is going to help them close the gap, but if they're vulnerable anywhere, he definitely has uh, that that's what I've heard from inside the camp is, yeah. is he has a problem with female voters. Look, it was a problem in the primary, not just yeah. because he was up against, you know, two relatively quality female candidates. But if you look at any of his polling numbers, he was always much more popular with with, with men, um, you know, in any of the public poll, including ours, uh, you know, at the time. And so, yeah, I think there, I think there still is that factor. I think it didn't help that he had the kind of blowout with Helena folks at right. the, you know, on a long primary night. I don't think, you know, if you're a casual viewer of you're interested in who wins and loses these races, but really nothing else, you probably did find out about what happened with Helena folks. You probably didn't know that Helena folks has actually endorsed him and is now on the team, right? Because right. you have to be paying really close attention. I think that endorsement came out on a Friday afternoon. Yes. You know, people weren't necessarily paying close attention to it. So I do think he's got a little bit of a challenge there. And there's your, you know, your 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 opening, right? If you're a Republican to win in Rhode Island, to win a statewide race in Rhode Island, 
obviously you have to clean up with the Republican voters, and then you have to overwhelmingly win independent voters. That's the key, right? That was the Kachiri path. That was, you know, always the Link Allman path. In this case, uh, you know, the, I think there are a lot of independent minded voters out there who probably haven't yet made their decision. If a lot of them are women, you know, they're going to at least give Ashley Kalis a second look. And, and you hit it on the head, too. That's why they're, the McKee folks are running. I mean, you're seeing just as many ads uh, in the governor's race about abortion and, you know, a woman's right to choose um, as you are in the race for Congress with, with Magazine and Fun, which I'm sure we'll talk about. So they clearly, the McKee camp clearly thinks that's an issue where they need to be strong on to kind of remind female voters that, you know, in theory, they've got their backs. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine. Diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist for the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to take just a moment. I'm glad you wrote about it. Um, the passing of Dan Harrop. I knew Dan. He was a friend of mine. I spoke to him, actually, even just back in the summertime. Uh, he, he was a great guy. He, he was more engaged with politics than people realize. Um, I, I, you know, we, we both shared. We're both Hendrick and alum. He was highly, highly regarded at Brown University. And in that uh, 2014 race, you know, as uh, Cianci called him, Jorge Harrop, you take him out of that. And I think that's a different equation. But he he um, he cared a lot about Providence. He loved Carnegie Abbey. Last time I saw him, we had a a nice lunch and spent some time at Carnegie Abbey. But Dan Harrop was one of those people. he, he, He in his own way, he contributed to the to the election process. Yeah, I mean, look, I wrote, you know, after we learned that he passed, I, I went pretty far in this. I said, look, I think he saved Providence from, you know, a level of embarrassment uh, that could have been twofold. Uh, as I pointed out, number one, he was a huge factor in that in that race for mayor. Yep. Uh, you know, being on stage and constantly, you know, harshly attacking. Actually, you know, he was able to, he was able to play the bad guy and he was able to do all the dirty work for you know, Jorge Alorza in a lot of ways to really go after Buddy Cianci and allowed Jorge Alorza to be the change agent, right? Allowed him to say, hey, you know what? I, I, we need to move away from the corrupt politics of the past. I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm just like Angel Tavares. I'm, I'm a new, you know, voice and a new face for this city. It actually worked out incredibly well. But think about this. If, if Buddy Cianci had won that race and everything else stayed the same, he would have died in office your council president at the time was Luis Aponte. He would have become the mayor. And Luis Aponte ended up having to resign because of his own you know, right. uh, uh, major problems. So Dan Harrop did a lot um, to, to uh, you know, to, I think to help Providence in some ways save face. Not a lot of listeners might not love that. If you like Buddy, then, you know, you have your own opinions on it. But I really do believe that. And you touched on this too. Dan Harrop, while... Being, it's hard being a Republican in Providence. There aren't that many of them. They're outnumbered one to 12, uh, you know, compared to Democrats. Um, but Dan Harrop was, you know, he, like you said, really cared about the city. Uh, he, he also, he got the joke. He understood what his role was. He understood that, you know, he, he, he did have actually a very smart vision for the city. He, he always talked about the city's pensions and the schools. So he, he was actually right on a lot of the issues. 
But even more than that, like you know, he's a guy who who was, I think, reputable, uh, able to, you know, uh, to, to make a, a smart case, even if it wasn't going to work for the voters. And so, um, you know, just just terribly tragic. I, I agree. I think he was a really good guy. He was always very good to me uh, throughout, you know, throughout the, the time that I covered him. Yeah. And he wasn't an embarrassment as a Republican. You know, he wasn't like an extremist. And hey, he was the one saying they should have put the city in bankruptcy. if They could have recovered a lot, a lot faster. No, Dan McGowan, looking at CD2, I mean, if people don't look, don't look now. But boy, Alan Fung right now, if you're the Fung campaign, I think up to this point, he has run very solid campaign, very consistent, uh, error free, navigating through some some difficult times the national press is it's not lost on them what's happening i i i think the magaziner people are a little bit struggling they're, they're not sure exactly how to land a punch on this guy that's it you just hit it exactly right i had i was talking to somebody in the, the magaziner camp or just on the democratic side and they were they were really uh quite frankly they were criticizing the press myself probably included where they said, you know, how come nobody believes that that Alan Fung is, you know, the extremist that, you know, we're, we're painting him as? And that's a challenge they're facing, right? Uh, everybody everybody wants to go back to that 2006 election with Chafee and White House. And, you know, Chafee was more popular on Election Day, but the White House camp was able to really convey the message that any vote for a Republican was a vote for the Bush agenda. You know, it was a, the, the, the Senate was in play, all those kind of things. I think it's a lot harder to make that message, you know, in a, in one, in a, in a 435 members, right? It's harder to do that. Um, and, and, and so you're, you have a challenge uh, there where it, I just don't think that message that, you know, a vote for Alan Fung is a vote for Donald Trump or Kevin McCarthy. Um, I just don't think it's resonating the way they hoped it would. But look, the, 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 they've made their decision. The Democrats have made their decision. This is the way they think they can, you know, kind of chip away at independence, hope that maybe something bounces their way, you know, in the final couple of weeks where they, where they pull this thing off. But uh, yeah, nothing is quite sticking to Alan Fung the way they hope. And Alan Fung is running a relatively flawless campaign um, where, you know, right, the debates will be a big question, but his ads have been good. You know, he's just getting out there saying, hey, it's me. I'm the mayor of Cranston. You, you, know, you, you remember me. You like me. And I think it's working. I think it is, Dan McGowan. And on top of that, I think we're also seeing, first of all, they haven't even had to go negative. You know, even his That's latest right. ad is him kind of walking around and then going into Twin Oaks. Uh, it's, it's very local. The magazine, their campaign, I, I don't think it's effective. I, I think it's very telling that that someone from the outside is like, here's how you run against a Republican. He doesn't match up to that. Um, I think they also have to be careful. He is, you know, an Asian American, uh, but 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 he is he's vetted. I mean, let's face it. He he was on that debate stage, two different go rounds against Gina Raimondo, who was very strong. You know, he, right? He didn't lose to some fluke thing. He didn't lose. You know, the first time he ran for mayor, but. I, I think the, what, what I notice about the Funk campaign is they they feel pretty good right now. They haven't had to go negative. There are negative ads running against Magaziner, but he seemingly has not come up with something. And I think he's pretty vetted. And he will I, – I don't know if he's going to overwhelm everyone on the debate stage, but but Magaziner also, on top of that, this Langevin problem with the trading that Channel 12 broke, Dan McGowan – that's a problem. That's the guy that endorsed you. Yeah, and it's a it's an issue that what, what the one reason I like that issue, um, sort of just broadly is it. it you know, how we always talk about campaign commercials, and you know they all kind of look the same and sound the same. So you're looking yep. for the thing that you know is different. This is a different issue. People, you know, I, I I think it's complicated, but I do think people kind of look at this and say, wait a minute, they shouldn't be able to take advantage of you know whatever information they have and and trade you know uh, stocks on you know based on committees they sit on, who's you know people they oversee, things like that. Um, and, and I think that, you know, there is a challenge here where Jim Langevin has kind of been criticized for this for a long time, but now as he's leaving, he's, you know, he's getting real scrutiny, especially since, you know, Seth Magaziner has, 
uh, you know, been so vocal about, you know, saying that he thinks there should be a ban. So they, I think they've got a little bit of a, you know, a jam there. And then more to your point, you know, it reminds me that the, the kind of attacking of on, on Alan Fung and not being able to find the issue that resonates kind of reminds me a little bit of the governor's race, uh, you know, with, with Helena folks in the primary where she just tried out lots of things. I'm going to be the education governor. No, no, I'm a healthcare person. I'm going to bring jobs back. And it never quite stuck until the very end. I think this similarly here, I think, you know, you try the, you're going to try the abortion thing. You're going to try the Trump, Kevin McCarthy thing. Then you're going to do, you know, social security, which is now the, the thing that they're, you know, that they're really pushing. And Al Fung has a fairly good kind of moderate answer every single time, you know, an obstacle is thrown at him. It is why though, I think the debates are really going to matter. You're right. Alan is seasoned. He knows how to do this. Now, Seth Magaziners in, in his past has never had the big high profile debate. So he's got a challenge with that, but he's a smart guy. He'll be able to land punches, all those kind of things. I think that this is going to really come down to likability, right? It, it isn't going to come down to so much as the issues, but on the stage, is Alan Fung going to come across as more likable than Seth Magaziner? And if he does, he probably uh, can, can squeeze this thing out and win the race. Yeah. And I think, you know, that fundraiser that Governor Baker threw, you know, threw for him in mass and even his his answers that, you know, I, I think it kind of resonates and makes sense. OK, he's a Charlie Baker type of Republican in New England who, let's face it, if Baker wanted to, he could be getting a third term right now Absolutely. as governor, most popular governor of the country. Folks, as I've mentioned, I mean, it's full of news. It's full of links. Everything about the Patriots. Really interesting story about the North Kingstown where their school system just continues seemingly to spiral out of control. You start the day with roadmap. There's also the contest. Dan McGowan, right now, if you'd be so kind to extend the offer. Folks, it's free. It arrives in your inbox, and it's a great way to start the day. Here's what has happened. Here's what is happening. And quick links to all the stories, if you'd be so kind to share that right now. You're my best hype man, John, so I appreciate (laughs) that. Very simple, folks. Like I said, like John said, completely free. Send me a blank email. You don't have to do anything other than send a blank email to rinews at globe.com. I'll know what it is, rinews at globe.com, and you'll uh, start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. It is a tool that I use. Folks, he's Dave McGowan. Did great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Stay safe at CCRI out there, uh, John. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401 942 7500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401-942-942 7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service matthews oil company 401-942-7500 folks you're listening to the john DePietro show am 1380 99.9 fm joining us right now author of the woking dead how society's vogue virus destroys our culture we want to welcome to the program it is author aj rice AJ, congratulations on The Woking Dead. Brother, what's going on? Brother John, <laughs> great to be here. Fantastic. First of all, tell, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the background and the making and just how you came about to put this book together. Well, look, uh, we're, in, we're engaged in a, in a cultural tyranny right now. And we've always had political correctness and we've always had the nanny state. You know, they're going to snatch the cigar out of your mouth or the salt shaker out of your hands. And... You know, it spins up every couple of years. I think the last time it spun up was the uh, Gen X, Murphy Brown, pantsuit mafia that loved Hillary Clinton in the 90s. They were telling us how to think and speak and walk and talk. But now, fast forward to today, I mean, we the, the Woking Dead are everywhere. They're in your sports. 
They're in your kids' schools. They're in your entertainment. They're canceling people. They're canceling the founding fathers with the 1619 Project, right? They're pumping the Me Too movement, making boys, young boys out to be predators, you know, and they're just trying to put the phone down and maybe ask Sally to the dance. So, you know, we're in a war. And if you combine this, this woke tyranny, this cultural tyranny with the medical tyranny we just went through and the financial tyranny that the uh, reanimated corpse in the White House, Joe Biden's pushing on us, uh, you know, we have a, 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 you know, a way to win in November if we can stick to just talking about those three things and not get distracted by shiny baubles like the Republican Party likes to do. Folks, again, we're speaking with author A.J. Rice. The book is The Woking Dead. A.J., I also want you to know, it is, what a sense, of, it is laugh out loud honey, funny. You you have a you have a, such a great, unique, uh, let me just also ask you this. Where did you develop the sense of humor? When, when did you realize that you had the gift that you could look at something and put it in the comical context that you're able to well, do? Well, look, I- I'm the CEO of what is called Joe Pesci conservatism. Okay. (laughs) Straight out of Philadelphia, Northeast Philadelphia, Irish Catholic guy. You know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go to the fancy schools. So I got a little bit of, a little bit of hard scrabble state school guy, went to Penn state, you know, worked my way through college, hanging out on Villanova and temple and, uh, and LaSalle's campus. And, you know, my parents are from Northeast Philly. Uh, and, and look, I think the Republican party being a conservative in America, there's no uniform for being a conservative, right? right? So, so burn your, burn your bow ties. You know, Tucker took his off. Will, uh, George will still wears one every once in a while, but this, this is where I come from. I mean, I, you know, I'm, uh, I try to bring humor. I'm a millennial. I'm a geriatric millennial. I'm an older millennial, (laughs) but a millennial nonetheless. And I just think that. Like my old mentor, Andrew Breitbart, used to say, hang a joke on these people. Yeah. Talk about the culture. And nobody cares who's running for, for Senate in Idaho. You know, because if you can hang a joke on someone, it's way more devastating than, you know, being an, an uptight, uh, Aristot- making an uptight Aristotelian argument, you know? You come right out of the box. And, folks, I want you to understand, it is such a fun, entertaining read. It's the type of book that what I like about it is you can put it down, come back, pick it right up, and just immediately jump into something different that has the same kind of nature of the humor. But I love right out of the box the Joe Biden funeral home president. How'd you come up with that? Well, look, I mean, he's he, he's presided over. He got two years of this guy, the, you know, the meat puppet that is dancing to the deep state. I mean, as soon as he got elected, the death the death ticker on CNN vanished. <laughs> Probably right. because it was, it was it. somebody hit the hit the pedal to the metal. I mean that we, we you know no one's talking about it right now, but people are still dying. They're, yes. they're not just dying; they're dying from the virus. They're also dying from the cure to the virus. So uh, you know, and you've got children that are committing suicide because they've been locked in and 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 sort of you know captured. I mean, look, the youth has been captured, and and we're talking Gen Z, but some millennials too. And, you know, the Me Too movement made them all predators. Uh, The George Floyd dying made them all racist. Yeah. They're tearing down everything. The virus sends them all home from school. You know, and now they're, they already was a generation born with a smartphone in their hands. They already have a hard time being authentically human. So, so, and now they're, they're completely captured. And I think that's what they want. I think it's by design. They send Stephen Gary into the bathroom, the women's locker room. <laughs> Look, I was joking with Ingram, uh, who I was the executive producer for for many years, uh, and she endorsed the book and uh, you yeah. know, gave a blurb for the book. We we were fighting in the mid-2000s. We were fighting the book Tommy Has Two Mommies. Right. John, right. Yes. John, Tommy doesn't just have two mommies now. Uh, Tommy's got two daddies, two mommies. Tommy's not even Tommy anymore. That's he's, right. He's, you know, he's uh, Eileen. <laughs> Tommy's two mommies are transitioning to become two two daddies. I love them. Um, how'd you come up with Section Nine pastimes to hate America? I, I, I think that is so on the money. It's just gold. Look, I'm a baseball guy. I love the uh, Phillies. I love the Red Sox, the Cubs. You know, I'm an old school guy. Uh, you know, I like baseball towns. I and mean, look, I like all sports, right? But you know, some of these sports now some have been better than others. The, the NHL doesn't really get you know, down with some of this craziness. 
And to, you know, Venus and Serena's credit and Tiger Woods' credit, I don't really hear much coming out of them about, you know, taking it to the man. Um, but, look, some of our athletes have turned their profession into a pastime to just rip us. Yeah. And I guess the calculation, and if you're looking at someone specifically, let's take, you know, the dummies, the two dummies, LeBron and, and, and KD, Kevin Durant, I mean, I think their calculation is we can replace the customers here in the United States because I've got 1.3 billion Chinese to, to fill their seats with. That's right. I mean, I think that's the calculation. And Michael, all the way up to Adam Silver, the head of the, the NBA commissioner, and Michael, all the way up there. I don't know, but it appears that a lot of these corporations that have gone woke, Disney's another one, Nike, Coca-Cola, Levi's, it seems that they're willing to not – not take the John and AJ money. They don't want it. They don't want the, the, the audience of this show. It sounds like they're willing to lose them and replace them with the communist foot soldiers in China. Folks, again, we're speaking with author AJ Rice. The book is The Woking Dead. It is a must read. It'll be a tremendous holiday gift coming up in just a few months. How society's Vogue virus destroyed our culture. AJ, I want to go back to section one, though. Um, part of. Hunter Biden, white crackhead privilege. I, I'm surprised I haven't seen more. This stuff is such gold. I'm surprised I haven't seen more of these type of headlines pop up, up on social media because it's it's so different and it's right on the money. Well, look, I'm, look we try, we're trying to have fun, right? I mean, yeah. what is the definition of comedy, right? To transform uh, horror into humor. And let's face it. I represent Bobby Kennedy Jr. I represent yep. Robert Bork Jr. And I represent... George P. Bush, and I've represented Donald Trump Jr. And if any one of them was caught wearing a fur coat and their tidy whities with cocaine and hookers, the way the current president's son has been caught in a thousand photos that I'm sure they're all photoshopped, John. Yeah, right. Uh, they would they would be strung up. They would be drawn and quartered. They'd be in the clink, you know. And what's the 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 horror, of course, is they forget the celebrity children. There's regular, you know, urban people out there, black, brown, whatever, that get picked up and they're thrown away for decades for doing what Hunter's doing. And we're all laughing about it. And big tech is suppressing it. And it's it's an outrage. So, yeah, he's got white crackhead privilege. (laughs) Folks, again, the book is The Woking Dead. A.J. Rice, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. I'm going to link to it on our facebook page and aj that was a, a great plug by judge janine for the book on the five. Oh yeah she <laughs> yeah laura did something similar I, fact, wow gonna, yeah i think i'm gonna go on with ingram on tv maybe next week but no the judge and i i mean she's like my surrogate mother she uh she keeps me in line right so she knows how to she <laughs> she knows how to keep me moving right so we got a new book with her coming out in january we'll get her on I know your audience probably loves her. She's a pistol. Oh, yeah. No, she is She is uh, dynamite. She adds a lot to the five. What I also like is you're already establishing this is volume one because I have a feeling we're going to see not only volume two, volume four, five, six. Uh, I think you've hit gold with well, this. no one's doing this. No, no they are not. Look, look, right-wingers, there's plenty of right-wing but conservative books and libertarian books. But, you know, I, for me, I'm part of the short attention span theater generation. Yeah. And I set the book up so that – you don't have to read it cover to cover. You can hop around almost yes. like a music album with track listings, right? Yes. You've got 10, 10 sections, 97 vignettes. Um, and look, there was a ton of stuff that we booted out of this thing. Wow. So, so no, we're, we're, we're definitely uh, conceptualizing a volume two down the road. And, and, you know, I would love to be back. But it's a fun read. you got the holidays coming up. you got your liberal brother-in-law or, or nutty woke nephew <laughs> that's – Majoring in you know underwater lesbian basket weaving, bring them bring them a copy. Let them look. <laughs> let them have some fun with it. You know, it's not a it's not a. I'm not talking down to people. No. Or anything. I'm joking joking around. And you know, uh, look, it's humor always brings people together. Absolutely. Unless you know, they're, you're really joyless, like the women on the View. That's right. No, folks, it's I'm telling you, and it's laugh out loud funny, folks. He's AJ Rice. AJ, great to talk to you. Congratulations on the book. We'll talk to you again. John, you're a patriot. We love you, brother. Thank you, AJ. The Kowee Sit In 
226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming, experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439 439- 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com remember weekdays 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get it's a happening all links to the show plus if you ever miss any part of the show it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health poppin and see marie 1099 menden road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. 